hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies hello guys welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies we are back with the 12th episode of guns jumps and steel chapter 11 lethal gift of life struck but before we jump into the chapter and we talked about we recap all the 11 episodes let us welcome our co-host hey pushkar hello how's it going going good we finally got done with the food part of things yes we're finally done with seeds and food production i took up the trouble of recapping the last 10 or 11 episodes in the last two <laughs> once so right now it's your turn okay so for those of you who are new we we're going to recap the uh, whole series for you so you don't feel like you have to uh, you know lumber through all those uh, episodes previously but give them a listen anyway because they're very good um so we are reviewing this book called gunshots and steel by jared diamond and uh, it's a short history of the last 13000 years and it uh, seeks it it tries to seek an answer to the question why civilizations uh, arose at different rates on different parts of the world and uh, we see examples of these uh, when we see clashes between two civilizations examples that jared diamond gives of uh, the mari and the moriori people in the in uh, polynesia uh, clashing with each other we see examples of uh, francisco pizarro landing in south america and decimating the inca empire and uh, we see the differences between these civilizations that led to uh, that led to one uh, dominating over the other and what jared diamond says is, is is that it's not necessarily the, the case that these civilizations were biologically different but there were other factors that uh, contributed to the rise of civilizations at different rates and uh, we go in, in depth into a lot of these chapters so the first part of the book is about food production and how uh, domesticating plants and animals and moving from a hunter gatherer to a farmer uh, agricultural um, lifestyle helped civilization grow and the time period at which these uh, plants and animals were domesticated and how this happened and well you can always talk about how plants developed from poop so we can always come back to that uh, i think i've lost the ability to recap all this stuff but yeah how are we possibly going to keep this up i don't know but um we finished with food production finally in the last episode and now we are on to the next part of the book which is going to deal with uh, guns germs and steel uh, which is the you know the title of the book and this chapter is called chapter 11 lethal gift of livestock you know just one thing because i have to mention this and you missed this critical point out of the recap man the last chapter was really amazing it got us it give a whole new perspective how axis and latitudes and longitudes impact i'll not say too much so please do give it a listen guys come on i want some lessons there but yeah let's come on to this chapter and we basically start with the first word of the title that is germs and oh no second word sorry i don't know why they write it this way but yeah so we talk about how uh, germs played a very vital role in civilizations which formed across the world we talked about in this, this in the initial chapters right and initially we were hunter gatherers then you know food producers developed we coexisted with them then food production taken the upper hand they overpowered not overpowered yeah but they took over hunter gatherers hunter gatherers got replaced by food produ- uh, producers they were farmers and with more farming we learned about this they started uh, sl- staying close together they were denser populations and that is how cities develop and you know once people start staying uh, start staying close together they start domesticating animals you obviously have the byproduct which are the germs which come from these animals and it spreads quickly because you're staying uh, close together but this is just one drawback before we jump into in detail about all this first of all anshul tell me why are naked farmers fighting naked hunter gatherers <laughs> see i was just see the thing was i was contemplating should i read this line out loud should i not like what are the no, it's okay i'm here i'm here to read these things for you <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. See, the Jared Diamond sometimes, uh, even through this chapter, he mentions these weird, weird lines out of the blue, and which cracks me up altogether. What that basically is, uh, he's saying, he's trying to illustrate a point is that if you pit a na- naked farmer against a naked hunter gatherer, the hunter gatherer would always win. But because uh, the farmer, he has, he's uh, started living in a sedentary uh, lifestyle. He started living in a society. Um, he has kind of. created diseases and also gotten immunity to these diseases which the hunter gatherer doesn't have which uh, gives the farmer an edge um, you know when, when if they are ever to fight naked i don't know why they would okay 
okay stressing too much on that point moving on but yeah i think we begin this part of this book by understanding that you know dense population spot germs literacy technology and centralized government which we will be covering in each of these chapters in the next four chapters so pushkar in the very i think first or the second page the author gave us this weird weird story about his physician friend please tell our audience what we learned from that tell us that story right so jared diamond um, he gives an example an amazing example like the when i read amazing okay i doubt this, that uh, i don't it is an extraordinary example definitely yeah yeah <laughs> so i like as soon as i read like the first few sentences i knew that where this was going so what happened is jared diamond tells the story of um, his friend who was a doctor who was trying to diagnose a patient and the problem was that the patient did not uh, spoke very little english and his wife was translating for him and uh, so that's how they were communicating the doctor was communicating with the patient and um, the patient seemed to have various symptoms that uh, did not really match together that did not really there were that were hard to diagnose into a particular disease and so he kept on asking questions and the wife was translating for him and at some point uh, by uh, like uh, he, the doctor got frustrated and uh, he did fully disregarding uh, patient doctor confidentiality he made uh, his he made the wife ask the husband uh about his recent sexual activity and the husband very shyly very um uh, reluctantly answered that he had been fornicating with some of the sheep that were on uh, their relatives farm now why he was doing that i have no idea because uh, there are diamonds says that the his wife was very beautiful and this and that uh, but anyway so yeah and that fornication with the sheep led to him contracting a completely new type of disease um yeah so <laughs> it's uh, i don't know what to think of that but um, it's quite a story and the point that he's illustrating the point that uh, jared diamond is illustrating with this by uh, through the story is that a lot of diseases that we know as modern diseases today have been transmitted to us by domesticated animals because humans uh, when they first domesticated animals since then they started uh, spending a lot of time with these animals uh, you know <laughs> i mean not uh, an intimate time as we call it but just you know staying in contact with these animals just being close to them uh, you know uh, living in the same room as them stuff like that and it happens even today like you can relate it with your life like with our life like you have a pet right so you stay close to them you make sure that they get vaccinated so they don't transfer these diseases back to you i think the biggest example is rabies right so rabies makes a dog go crazy now if you get rabies that's another that's 14 injections right uh, according to the old adage so we have to be very careful when we are interacting with animals because they are think the the primary source of diseases that happens to humans are transformed from them and i think there's this line which he mentions here which i want to read out which says until world war 2 more victims of war died of war bone diseases sorry war bone microbes than of battle wounds all those military histories glorifying great generals oversimplify the ego deflating truth <laughs> the winners of past wars were not always the armies with the best generals and weapons but were often merely those bearing the nastiest germs to transmit to their enemies i mean <laughs> that's such a good line i think like yeah diamond uh, single handedly uh, kind of demolishes the whole myth of you know uh, glorious militaries and all that you know uh we hear stories of this military went against uh, this uh, this uh, you know kingdom and won this and this and that and uh, it kind of all falls apart when you look at the numbers and realize that most of these people died of disease rather than anything else so really like it's not that they were going to war against uh, like i mean it's so weird um for like the even in world war 2 like the best example you can give is uh, russian winter right it's the famous story of the reason why uh, hitler couldn't conquer russia is because he kept on trying to uh, you know invade 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 and he uh, did not you know retreat when the winter came and the winter was so harsh and the russians were used to it but uh, you know the germans weren't and the russian winter absolutely demolished the army and a lot of his um, soldiers died of starvation disease and that's what kind of snowballed uh, the whole fall of the third reich which led to the allies winning it's a very good uh, new perspective that i think everybody who thinks that war is good should uh, you know listen to should uh, come to realize oh by the way fun fact uh, you mentioned rab- rabbit dogs uh, if you ever get bit by a rabbit dog you can um, use you know silver nitrate which is used in you know, old timey uh, film stock to develop film stock uh, you can use silver nitrate as a cauterizing agent as something to kind of uh, disinfect the wound you know damn where did this come from where did you learn this very obscure fact uh, this is a very obscure fact that uh, that might come up in a different place at a different time like i can't really uh, say too much about it 
okay, 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 okay. I get it. Maybe people who might not know. Okay, fine. I'll uh, move on. Let me. I guess the audience will know about it. Maybe in the future. I don't know. Who cares? But Maybe yeah, in the future, hopefully. Yeah. So coming to uh, the point here, where wars were won by microbes and germs and all of that. But it is important to understand that why do even microbes exist? You know, how come microbes uh, survived with us? Because essentially. with plants also when we were learning how plants were domesticated we flipped the pretense right we uh, initially we were asking the question that how humans came to domesticate plants but then when the question was flipped uh, it we really understood that plants uh, modified themselves you know so that they can you know propagate more so that they can reproduce more and according to our choices right and i think yeah. let's let's look at the scenario where an author does that that he, he tries to answer the question that why microbes the small living organism they're living organism after all right so they are impacted by the same laws of natural selection they want to survive they want to reproduce so they have to adapt themselves to the best of conditions which can help them so i think the first question which comes uh, to everyone's mind is that if they want to reproduce more if they want to spread more then why do they end up killing more people uh, because if they kill people whom they reside in they'll tend to die out so uh, what is what is interesting about this i think jared diamond does this very um... Uh, skillfully is that he uh, kind of takes the anthropomorphic perspective out of history because we always tend to look at history from our perspective like how did yeah because like um, we think of history as something that uh, revolves around humans you know but um, if we kind of slightly shift our perspective to look at it from the plants perspective or the animals perspective uh, or in this case the microbes perspective we kind of see uh, a little bit more of the picture like the whole picture um, that kind of uh, helps us get the answers uh, more easily so basically when we look at existence from a microbes perspective microbes yes like you said are living organisms like any other um, and they tend to infect hosts and they live off of the hosts and the uh, the main motive behind uh, uh, infecting an host is to basically uh, infect more people so that they can propagate themselves more so why is it that he asks that why is it that these diseases end up uh, sometimes killing the host because they 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 die out themselves so like before we understand before we answer that question it's important to also understand this that how do they even spread amongst us like and what do microbes actually do what are microbes how do we tackle with it you know given that we are living in this covid pandemic infected world it's important to understand a bit more about this world and how history has been shaped by it maybe this will be written covid will be obviously written in some of the history books moving forward so i think we start with, i think i'll just go through some of the few ways uh, by which this microbes transmit diseases amongst us i think most of us already know about that but because there are some really nice examples i want to uh, go through them i think the first one where is that the microbes get transmitted passively what that means is that you end up eating the other uh, thing and it gets injected into you so let's say you eat a infected um, seafood or something like that you know examples like salmonella when you eat raw raw seafood when you eat uh, raw pork you can get uh, a ringworm or something or in the case of the uh, new guineans they would contract a laughing disease when they ate the dead uh, when they ate the dead people when they basically cannibalized on their dead and uh, if the dead person had any microbes that would end up infecting uh, the children who uh, more or less licked their fingers after eating that person and uh, they would contract that laughing disease there is the second one which i think most of us are fed up of that is uh, hitchhiking Uh, into insects, so that's malaria and all of that from mosquitoes. I hate that. I want to eradicate all mosquitoes from the world. I have, I don't see any purpose of them in this entire universe in any evolutionary capacity. If anybody who's an expert, Jared Diamond, please come and explain to me why do mosquitoes exist. So, okay, different podcast altogether. <laughs> sure, sure. Get Jared Diamond just to answer that question. Why not? And uh, another passive, uh, passive carriage method that he mentions is like he calls it one of the dirtiest tricks. Is microbes that are passed from a woman. uh to her fetus uh, like to her fetus and thereby infects babies already at birth so you know you hear about uh, hiv children with hiv you know the, it's it, it's some it's something that uh, is passed down to them genetically and it's not their fault at all and it's it's a very um, serious you know uh, disease that can harm children because children don't have built up immunity in the first place i think uh, there's been news um, you know roaming around of uh, children who have uh, who have been born from like mothers who had covid while they were pregnant and children have been born with immunity some people say and uh, you know stuff like that so it's 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 a very interesting uh, kind of process i don't know this point is not in the book but because we're discussing this um there are reports like there is this um i guess it's the right thing to do from my perspective is that you know these young couples nowadays they tend to go to the doctor they get the genetic profiling done in order to understand that if their kids might carry any genetic diseases and i think it's a valid concern right because 
at least it's better than making sure your kundli's meet with the pandit it's better to go to a doctor and get that sorted out because it's i think it's wrong or i don't know it's not right to conceive a baby uh, having such difficulties uh, born with such difficulties and it's not even their fault right due to yeah. some of the genetic factors of the parents that is one thing then there was this controversial news i think back in china where uh, this thing is banned right the genetic changes in human body so let's say that you cannot uh, uh, do crispr so that is basically the in plants is done a uh, genetic modification so that you yield better crops and all of that yeah. we had cloning for sheep that was dolly then i think cloning for animals is also banned i think that was the first one but for humans i think there was two there were two cases where the babies were supposedly tra- uh, born with life threatening diseases so they genetically modified that so that the babies wouldn't be born with them and then there were reports that because uh, those particular genes or were changed they also had better intellectual capability now all of this is hypothetical i'm not very sure about these uh, things but then again it brings a question that how ethical is this right that uh, if you can modify the genetic structure of the baby you can uh, make them of superior, superior intellect you can make them physically more capable how will others compete i don't know there's a whole different pandora's box i mean discuss. it's the whole again conversation of eugenics right like it's mm-hmm. been happening since the 60s and that's what i think uh, our, our biggest uh, exposure to it is um, star trek and uh, you know um, the whole eugenics eugenics aspect of star trek which uh, you know with khan and with dr bashir and all these things you know and there have been like episodes that um, uh, debate the whole uh, concept of like uh, debate the whole uh, topic of eugenics to no end so if you want like a more informed version of that i guess what star trek i don't know <laughs> or or let us know uh, we'll be happy to read more about it and uh, have an episode on that why not but yeah if any uh, eugenics professors are listening to us uh, feel free to contact us we'll do an episode with you <laughs> yeah for sure but okay moving on adding to the other reasons how uh, germs propagate i think the most dangerous one and the last one is where they modify the host's habit where they infect right so the uh, i think the best example being dogs where if rabies in if the rabies virus infects dogs they basically change their behavior they start to go wild they start foaming at their mouth i had an existential crisis reading this chapter because first of all he meant he mentions so many diseases scare, that should scare you to like i'm i'm afraid to legit go outside right now more than that i i was uh, during the pandemic just like i'm afraid to just uh, you know go out with without any mask anymore like just human contact needs to stop but anyway uh, but i so i guess this this chapter if this chapter made you feel this a person who wants to go out at every chance he gets then i guess this chapter should be read by every person on this entire world at least to keep this shit down in this pandemic but fine. no definitely i think i think you should wear masks regardless you know uh, it's just if you're going in a crowded place it's good to wear a mask i like to go out where there are no people so that's a different case but uh, another thing that gave me like legit pause was that so many of these microbes just invade into our body and use us as they're basically propagation machine and then either kill us or just like maim us completely or they have like absolutely no regard for us and uh, you know we have no way of kind of uh, like we have some ways of trying to uh, avoid them the whole concept of micro- microbes just you know uh, blatantly violating our bodies and like it's it's nice to know that we're just meat sacks for microbes to violate for their own propagation it was a it was a very depressingly nice thought okay if you're talking about depressing this gave me a shock the first the earliest form of biological warfare so basically yeah. we know that smallpox it spreads uh, it's contagious right so you know the pus spreads and it keeps on happening so what uh, what these people did was the us whites so originally europeans yeah when they came to native america they were bent on w- wiping out belligerent native americans and sent them gifts of blankets previously used as smallpox previously used by smallpox patients that's horrible on another biological level biological warfare yeah that is that is uh, that is downright uh, cruel I mean it's uh... in these two lines he they were uh, they was not mentioned intentional so i thought that these people they might have done this unknowingly because it's, it's it might be like possible that they didn't know that smallpox was contagious right so i searched i like sat down i took out my phone i searched like was this intentional and it was intentional i'm like us has a history of biological warfare i'll just leave it at that uh us has a terrible history i mean uh just for an example intentional biological warfare i mean intentional yeah 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 no if you want another uh, shitty case uh, go read about the unit 71 um, trials that took place after world war 2 um, it's horrible basically what happened is uh, japan was conducting uh, chemical and biological experiments on humans for like 2 3 years to, for the extent of the war they killed like thousands of people and uh, when the allies won when us occupied japan they uh, basically tried all these japanese scientists but um, what they instead did was they pardoned these japanese scientists in uh, in exchange for taking all their research on like you know how to uh, kill humans by 
chemical and uh, biological warfare that's just one uh, example of the what we're dealing with here yeah this is one of the earliest examples and uh, now that we talk about biological warfare it's like uh, jared diamond goes into more detail about what uh, he mentioned in chapter 3 which was about francisco pizarro and the incan empire and how they were, the spanish conquistadors were able to wipe out 95% of the native population in south america what he says is that uh, once these because uh, eurasian people because they were all living together and because they were in constant contact because there were no uh, physical or environmental barriers between them as we saw in the last chapter because of the axis and the whole uh, thing it was that uh, these people were kind of introduced to all these diseases beforehand and they had kind of developed an immunity to it whereas people in the americas first of all the problem was that america the people in the americas had no real uh, animals to domesticate they had a few like turkeys and llamas but uh, turkeys and llamas weren't really herd animals and they did not spread as many diseases as um, as you know the eurasian uh, cattle or pig or chickens did so these diseases started in eurasia and they came to americas and you know, the uh, american people basically the native americans they did not have any any sort of immunity to it and once the disease was introduced within like weeks uh, within weeks months and years it wiped out almost like you know 70 to 75% of the population in a lot of uh, empires like the inca empire the mayan empire and once this happened once uh, even the native americans for example uh, he mentions that apparently there were 20 million native americans living in the us before all the old world people uh, arrived and once the people arrived and the diseases arrived by the time they established a colony in the, uh, in, in in the americas uh, the population had gone down from 20 million to 1.1 million of these native americans which is just like imagine that this i think shaped the history of the entire world right so and these were unintentional cases of biological yeah, warfare so this has been going on for a long time and obviously nobody knew and it happened both ways like europeans suffered uh, sorry europeans brought this havoc to australia to the americas to i think wherever they went but it also affected them when they visited the tropics so you know our indian region and here we talk about our indian subcontinent yeah i did not think i would be proud of a disease but <laughs> yellow fever go yellow fever go yellow fever okay anyway that was just a joke but um, what i think the the big point here is that uh, like i texted you uh, just uh, as soon as i was i was done after reading the chapter and i texted you this is a very like oversimplification but basically uh, history turned around these diseases like some uh, Euro- some european guy decided to fuck a cow and then you know the whole inca empire fell Like, or Nikita Kao. Like, Please use proper words, which I can use in the podcast. Yeah, sure, proper words. <laughs> no, but it's like it's such a butterfly effect that you can uh, imagine. You know, like right now we're living in this pan- middle in the middle of this pandemic, and we don't really know the origins of it. But apparently, like if it's to be believed, someone ate a bat, and like the whole world economy collapsed. It's so it's so weird to imagine that humans, as much as we want to exert control over this world, we don't. Like something that is infinitely smaller than us, a, a, a tiny microbe. can change the world, uh, history of our entire civilization just like that you know just just like uh, absolutely with very little effort i think this brings a question for all of us to understand like whoever is listening to understand these things that why vaccination is important and he mentions that in the chapter we should be very says that these are foreign bodies these are foreign viruses which are attacking your body and most of them develop from animals because we are living with them in the close proximity and they evolve they tend to be on us and then that is how we spread and these symptoms you know fever coughing and all of them these are symptoms by and symptoms for us but ways for them for them to propagate to multiple people right and uh, as pushkar had earlier mentioned that with these diseases you either die or the surviving one remains when a person survives you get i think immune to it to a certain extent it does not happen with all the diseases but it happened with i think the major ones i think all of us are aware of this uh, small chicken pox disease right which all of us i think get one time or the other in, the, in our entire life and once we get it we don't fear getting it again because we, we get immune to it why because once the disease comes to our body our body our immune system is uh, naturally it knows it identifies that okay this is this is something that i need to be aware of and to tackle it immediately and that is how it fights with it so basically what happens here is that with uh, diseases like chicken pox and stuff uh because the uh, genetic structure of the disease uh, it does it cannot really change its gen- its genetic structure once you become immune to it you stay immune to it for the rest of your life but there are certain diseases like um, hiv or like um, you know common other, cold uh, common cold yeah exactly yeah. these uh, these diseases can uh, common cold can have so many variants it can change its gen- genetic structure constantly and 
keep attacking the body every like few months so you like once you build up immunity to it you can only uh, it, it only lasts for so long and uh, especially with hiv hiv is so uh, clever that it can change its genetic structure while it is inside your body so your antibodies if they try to if they start killing uh, one uh, you know uh, one one of the uh, virus bo- viral bodies the other viral bodies become aware of it and start changing ge- their genetic structure to hide from the antibodies like hiv is one uh, disease that we are still tackling but i think for the majority of the ones our modern medicine is doing great our immu- our body immunity is doing great so that is why vaccination is important because they inject a dead vaccine or sorry a dead disease or a mild disease or, or a diluted version or diluted version uh, which go injects our body makes our body aware that there is a disease be pre prepared of it create antibodies and when the disease actually infects us we don't really see much happening to us because our body is capable of fighting it and that is why vaccination is really really important you know we defeated polio and smallpox because of vaccine we are smallpox free we are polio free in the entire world like it's a huge huge we just eradicated two big epidemics so it's very imp- and i stress this because i think even today i hear some people are skeptical about vaccination and vaccination came into the limelight because of covid obviously and when the vaccine vaccine start coming in people like us we were ready we available you know go take the vaccine get it done with but then there are people who are reluctant to get it done they have the reservations they don't believe there and then there is another group of people who are called anti vaxxers so i just don't even want to get into them let's just not even go there yeah. but what what i found funny is that uh, speaking of epidemics jared diamond because this book was written initially in 1997 right uh-huh. he mentions that he says there's a line that he says although today's influenza and cholera um, ap- epidemics make front page stories epidemics used to be far more terrifying before the rise of modern medicine <laughs> and that's just a funny line living in uh, you know to read living in 2021 now no but you know even today it makes sense because let's say what what's the total death count like i know i'm trivializing this matter but just to give it some context of how covid is deadly so let's say covid 19 deaths around the world if i search now so yeah in total there are around 4 million deaths so that's 40 lakh for our indian audience here and the greatest epidemic of influenza now influenza is a type of cold okay it killed 21 million people so that's five times today's death count of covid at the end of first world war yeah but also 4 million is not a small number no not at all like i don't that is the point see this is harmful and we should not be having such scale if our healthcare system was at point and we were able to preempt this we were able to stop this or we were to control it better um but there are diseases that we have overcome and this is i think one more we shall overcome to soon hopefully but yeah there have been like the black death right it killed 70% of people in the city so imagine you can't even imagine like somebody is dying right in front of you every now and then like it's just crazy to even think of that one big thing jared diamond mentions is that these diseases these germs they did not really start out immediately after uh, domestication of animals or uh, plants happened or like immediately after people started living in cities uh, because we domesticated uh, uh, plants and animals around 8000 years ago right and it took us time to build up civilizations and because of that uh, once we had civilization sufficiently built up and sufficiently living in like cramped or like um, less than ideal conditions that's when these diseases started cropping up so he gives us dates that um smallpox uh, smallpox came up uh, around 1600 bc and uh, mumps came up around 400 bc leprosy 200 bc uh, polio only came out uh, in 1840 ad that's like less than 300 years ago like imagine and aids the aids only started like 1959 that's nothing that's like i've watched movies that are older than that and you know now now that in 2019 we had covid and even before that you know we had the scares of zika virus we had ebola this book was written way before right so there have been lots of epidemics though they were um, like epidemics is what right? it's important to understand again the difference between epidemic and pandemic epidemic is located yeah. i think concentrated to an area so you would see that uh, these diseases like uh, even the black death the plagues they were mostly situ- uh, you know concentrated in the eurasian region in that area and mostly affecting the new world as well um similarly these uh, ebola and zika were majorly concentrated towards africa there were some which were concentrated towards japan and china as well but i think covid i think one of the examples i'm not sure what were the other pandemics but is one of the example which has affected everyone on the earth i mean there was a pandemic just last century uh, of the wow i forgot the the spanish flu was it a pandemic a, yeah yeah the spanish flu exactly that that was in 1917 or 1918 right uh that lasted for almost two to three years that was a big pandemic before that we had there was a cholera pandemic uh there's been several i mean 
Okay, okay. Uh, can I give you a quick fact about uh, the Spanish flu? Yes, please. Do you know what the Spanish like? Why Spanish flu is named as the Spanish flu? Like, why Spain for no reason? It's not actually. It did not actually originate in Spain. It's just that I think, uh, if I remember correctly, it's that because it uh, killed major the majority of people that it killed was in Spain, and that's why it started being called the Spanish flu, right? No. No. Okay. So Spanish flu was I think it did originate originated somewhere in France or uh, these areas and now because the way the time it spread all these areas in Europe they were in war with each other and their media houses were controlled by the governments so they didn't want to report the number of deaths that were happening in their own countries because then they would uh, it would uh, make the others know that their country is vulnerable and available for attack <coughs> China <laughs> Okay but Spain was the only country which had a free press which were reporting actual deaths because it was not part of the war it was uh, reporting actual deaths uh, happening at that time and it seemed that the most deaths are happening in spain but it was not the case it was ah. happening across everywhere so that is why it started uh, being called as spanish flu right so i got fooled into thinking that people actually died the most in spain <laughs> no nope. so that was the like that was that it seemed like but yeah not exactly true okay coming back to the big point of why these diseases uh, sort of kill their hosts it's that it's not necessarily up to them Uh, diseases live a very um, what do you say they live a very uh, selfless life in that uh, their whole exi- purpose of existence is propagation and as long as propagation is done uh, they are happy and they can it's fine if they die so um, my big point is uh, let's teach diseases about um, self love and self care and maybe you know we'll stop we'll stop uh, people from dying of diseases if we teach them self love and self care then there will be a case of rabbits in australia right so <laughs> <laughs> what happened was i think uh, australia had too many rabbits and they wanted to get them removed so they bought some uh, disease from australia and it basically affects the myxovirus and uh, they bought it to australia and they infected and it went good you know initially the first generation 90% of the rabbits died uh, but in the second round the percentage dropped in the third round was only 25% of the rabbits dying and finally this didn't work out and the rabbits were not eradicated completely out of australia so like, they were like what what the hell is happening here and obviously we need to realize that microbes are not like human beings they don't evolve in millions or thousands of years they have an evolution life cycle which is happening i think in years days or even sometimes minutes of certain cases which i'll come to later because it's a nice point which i want to make so with all of this these microbes evolved and they start and what they did was instead they they learned self love right so they loved uh, they <laughs> they got they knew that if they killed their host early then they would not propagate uh, sooner so what they did was they infected the people and the ones that these diseases the rabbits which they infected they lived a longer lifespan so that they could propagate this disease more and more so well that's even harmful right you live longer but then you are in pain the entire life like is, i don't know if that's good i don't think they lived lo- lived longer i think he meant that they just lived more than they would have um, yeah yeah with a like a previous vari- variant of that disease but anyway my my point or coming off of this was how many times has australia gone to war with one of its one of the animal species and lost <laughs> because it seems to happen a lot uh wait what was the other it one it happened with it happened with kangaroos it happened with emus and now it happened with rabbits like what australia you need to get your shit together come on and you know the funniest part is that except kangaroo none of these animals are relative to that place yeah but uh, yeah speaking of um, you know people doing dumb things um, there was something called um, english sweating sickness and picardy sweats a disease that came up uh, for a few decades and then kind of disappeared entirely so like they, it wasn't really studied and i'm just thinking that maybe they had like a few summers in england that were really hot and people started sweating and they kind of thought that they were dying <laughs> uh, but yeah there are like endless examples and now that i re- like when you made that point that uh, there's so many diseases that now scares me as well but okay we talked about these diseases we'll come to that there are more to it but then it is important to answer one more question which i think uh, was mentioned to us that why did the rise of agriculture launch the evolution of a crowd infectious diseases so by crowd infectious we mean that the diseases which develop in close proximity and spread faster right there are obvious answers like we know that because we are living closer so the density the human lifestyle increased because of farming and that is why it helped uh, germ propagation then because i think and these two i think next two points are very important the farmers are sedentary right and the way he writes it they were living amid their own sewage like you realize how big of a problem we have in this country just with uh, dealing with sewage right yeah so that that just goes to show and like there is a reason that modern plumbing that uh, started in uh, ancient rome uh, not modern plumbing but at least the idea of plumbing that started in ancient rome why it was so revolutionary because the biggest thing that was killing civilization and civilization was diseases and plumbing was a way of kind of um, 
staying away from diseases now um it did not necessarily stop because even today we have these problems with um, uh, people living in uh, cramped areas living uh, close to sewage that leads to diseases you know no and then on other part there were farmers who were using these fecal matter and urine to fertilize these plants that they're eating though we know that plants initially the plants that we eat today initially started uh, with growing uh, on our own feces but we cannot fertilize them now we have better options because these <laughs> things contain diseases and they'll kill you it's essentially essentially uh, modern food production started in, uh, out of someone's uh, shit and it kept on growing with someone's shit <laughs> and it will end with some, someone's shit if somebody like i don't know if it uh, causes another pandemic or something i don't know the world can survive now who knows i mean and and this just goes to prove that the movie the martian is uh, very inaccurate because uh, mark watney should have died from a disease probably eating the shit potatoes But then, okay, this is an interesting point which you just mentioned here. Okay, tell me more about it if you know, because it was fascinating for me. Not until the beginning of the 20th century, so that's like recent, did Europe's urban population finally became self-sustaining. Before then, constant immigration of healthy peasants from the countryside was necessary to make up for the constant deaths of sooty dwellers from crowd diseases. Yeah. So what he's talking about essentially is there is um, after the initial period of. Um, you know proto industrialization that started in european cities what happened was that when you when european cities started uh, growing because of uh, industrialization you know they put up factories of things and they needed workers for factories uh, people from the countryside countryside started flocking to the cities and the problem was that um, people who were uh, kind of industrializing who were industrialists they were more concerned with basically uh, you know put up a factory and get laborers for it they weren't really concerned with the how the city was being planned or how it was expanding that was left to the government and the government as we know is uh, largely useless so what happened for a, for the longest time was that these people who were coming from the countryside these immigrants who were flocking to cities had no real infrastructure set up for them to uh, kind of create a proper sedentary life so what ended up happening was that a lot of homelessness a lot of people living under bridges or or by the rivers or in very cramped conditions what we would call chawls basically here uh, stuff like places like that if you seen like peaky blinders or if you seen the show called warrior uh, you can see like examples of that um, in the show so these kinds of situations obviously created more disease so you have stories of um, england where there was a point where a lot of homeless people were sleep, sleeping under bridges in uh, in the city of london and they kept on dying so you had just piles of bodies that were um, you know that were uh, stacked under bridges and so to replace these populations you had to bring in more people from the countryside and it was only that when people like when the city started planning out um, started basically town planning and making better infrastructure for the workers that's when the spread of disease stopped and like uh, they became more self sustaining because the workers stopped dying finally since you talked about the uh, incapacity or whatever the word is of the european government then australian government did a cool thing I don't know, like they were too late to this, but Kurukuru, as Pushkar mentioned, the loving disease was on its way to exterminate New Guinea's forest tribes. So that was a tribe which was eating each other for some reason, and they were down to only twenty thousand people. And Australia, in the great inside of nineteen fifty nine, they ended cannibalism for all. I don't know; it took them very long. Nineteen. Yeah, they were they were basically like, you don't get to uh, eat your people, we get to kill your people. What the hell? Uh, but yeah, eating is not allowed. and thereby you know it stopped the laughing sickness day. but uh, okay so basically then what happened is if we look at this whole journey from the microbes perspective the microbe it started out in animals then it jumped to humans simply because it could spread better better and when it uh, jumped to humans because uh, certain diseases made humans die so uh, quickly uh, the disease evolved the microbes evolved so that it allow it would allow the humans to live a longer life uh so for, he gives an example of syphilis right so syphilis uh, back in the 1400s if you got syphilis apparently you would have like blisters and pus all over your body and your uh, face would kind of melt off just 200 years later the the variant of syphilis that was happening were, was causing a much slower rate of that like you could live for years with syphilis so diseases also like they're not really like out to kill us you know they're not like some evil plague that has been uh, you know <laughs> that has been set out by the 
they're fighting for their own lives they're surviving when we look at diseases when we look at germs in terms of civilizations and how it gave power for uh, for to one civilization over the, uh, over another we already talked about uh, native americans and how their population went drastically down he gives an uh, jared diamond gives an example of uh, spanish conquistador uh, hernando de soto when when hernando de soto uh, became the first european conquistador to march through the southern southeastern united states in 1540 he came across indian town sites abandoned two years earlier because the inhabitants had died in epidemics so somebody had prior uh, you know brought an epidemic to the shores and it had spread so rapidly uh, that people who lived in entire towns had completely died out and um, he mentions also these uh, these mounds in mississippi so the native americans had uh, call not colonized the native americans had basically made the mississippi valley their home and they had like built built villages and um, uh, you know they had actually like so i looked it up they have uh, mounds there that are still that still exist uh, in mississippi to to this day that these are, there are these amazing uh, man made kind of hills uh, on which basically you had like the houses of the chief and around that you had the houses of the village so these sites uh, when the, the conquistadors uh, came to these sites they found them completely abandoned because everybody was dead hey hey imagine like the first person coming from europe and finding that they are already treated by european diseases because somewhere down the shore some idiot came from europe and settled in the shore and it just uh, decimated the entire mississippi good examples where he mentions that and by indian guys we mean native americans so uh, indian population of hispaniola so that's again in us declined from around 8 million when columbus arrived in 1492 to zero by 1535 <laughs> so within 40 years from 80 lakh people the population went to zero nothing in between guys just dead all of them just wiped out that's the power of uh, diseases that's the power of johnson that it's how they've shaped our history like entire civilizations have been wiped out when i said uh, earlier that i was proud of uh, i never thought i would be proud of diseases it's that because our countries like african countries or uh, you know southeast asian countries because we were uh, closer to eurasia because we had uh, diseases of our own and we had certain immunity to uh, outside diseases it made it a lot harder for someone to come in and conquer uh, lands and like uh, you know uh, conquer lands or slaughter innocent people in the name of whatever uh, motive they had like diseases in a way kind of became our first line of defense Uh, against someone who might have you know tried to act in a very unnatural way because this whole idea of conquering people this whole idea of subjugating people is unnatural and so it's weirdly kind of i don't know comforting to know that there was we had like a natural first line of defense like in the form of diseases or in the own environment like we learned about the japan uh, tsunamis right yeah exactly exactly the form of environment we did learn all of this and this i think one important question that uh, probably one last question we'll answer through this book through this chapter is that we now know that how europeans using the diseases or germs conquered most of the land wherever they went because they were not accustomed to this so one might ask the opposite right so they went to the new world they went to the americas why did america invent them like what the hell america is huge there's lots of people there and uh, so uh, why didn't that thing reversed uh, because obviously and it should right because in america people were living there were more people there and only 160 people like for inca case only 160 people came in and there were a million people in that empire and yeah, instead of cortes 160 estimated cortes came in with 160 people and no cortes came in with 300 pizarro came in with 160 people and killed 80000 yeah. oh 80000 so like yeah. that's crazy to imagine so why didn't it ha- happen oppositely so i think one key uh, point that we have to remember i that is why i think you should go back and listen to all our episodes because we might miss them from a recaps is that animals right animals play a very very big vital role in our development and we mentioned multiple times that most of these domestication of animals i think the major ones the five major ones and the ancient nines we talked about i think in the last last chapter uh, it all developed in, it all came up in the eurasian regions eurasian regions and then we took them to the new land or to the new world and uh, america for that matter only had a few animals like the turkeys and uh, llamas uh, as pushkar mentioned and yeah, like i mentioned before uh, these animals they weren't really herd animals and they they didn't really um, indulge in the same kind of uh, practices that eurasian animals had did and uh, because also because uh, these american civilizations they were kind of uh, differentiated from each other by physical and uh, uh, environmental barriers it was that even if there were diseases that were created by these animals into humans they usually tended to stay you know uh, contained in a particular place and uh, would eventually kind of die out 
and did not really uh, have the kind of the access to spread as much as it did in like Eurasia. I think one important point uh, that we forgot to mention was that there are different types of diseases, right? There are crowd diseases, there are uh, you know, animal diseases, there are different types of diseases, but also like uh, these epidemic diseases that uh, we hear about, the, you know, Zika virus, the, the HIV and this and that, these diseases, they have a way of surviving uh, for a long period of time and then just having an explosion and then kind of mellowing out again. So uh, what happens with these things is if the, the disease comes in contact with a civilization or with a uh, large group of people, with a crowd, uh, it starts infecting, it's infecting them uh, rapidly. It infects all of them, all of them end up dying and the disease kind of goes dormant again and waits for someone else to kind of stumble upon it or waits for uh, someone or maybe what happens is that uh, the disease kind of subside, it subsides inside, inside a person's body and it waits for uh, a newborn or it waits for a, uh, people who are not immune to the disease to kind of um, start spreading again or become active again. So it's not that diseases can get wiped out completely, they can, but certain epidemic diseases also have a way of lying dormant and then suddenly spiking uh, at certain points. Yeah, like I, I think one common example that we see is uh, with flus as well, right? Because we also discussed that flu, common cold, it's tough to vaccinate against them because the viruses keep on modifying. And even we take flu shots, right? The flu shot that you took two years ago, it might have prevented you for that year. But today, that basically does no, nothing because the viruses have already modified and they're going to reinfect. So that flu uh, shot does not help you. And just like environmental factors, like uh, when you mentioned that there's a flu season going on, what happens is basically because of mm-hmm. maybe the weather or because of certain other circumstances, your body's immune system has kind of weakened in a way, uh, or you've like let your body kind of um, have an opening that allows the microbe to kind of get inside and infect you much easier than than it would be able to in like uh, if the circumstances were different. Like there's an important point which I want to end this. So before that, there is this last line which I want to read from this chapter, and then I can go to that. Um, and this is really interesting. So do pay, uh, listen to this. There is no doubt that Europeans developed a big advantage in weaponry, technology, and political organization over most of the non-European people that they conquered. But that advantage alone does not fully explain how initially so few European immigrants came to supplant so much of the native population of the Americas and some other parts of the world. That might have not happened without Europe's sinister gift to other continents. The germs evolving from Eurasians, long intimacy with domestic animals. Like, uh, Jared Diamond leaves you some uh, funny lines. Yeah, he writes some really interesting, really uh, suggestive lines, <laughs> which uh, it's, it's very, he's a very good writer, that's all I'll say. Yeah, it, he made this, uh, um, what do you call, paranoid topic, especially in these times, a bit more interesting to read about. I think that is what I want to address, that, you know, reading about these diseases or listening about them can obviously make you paranoid, especially living in this condition. No, I think uh, if there is one lesson you should take away from this episode, it's that do not fornicate with animals, you might end up dooming an entire civilization. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, don't do that. And but seriously, like there are two points which I really wanted to mention because once I entered this chapter, I thought that I have to mention this. Maybe all of you know what it, maybe not. So the first one is obviously don't become so paranoid about from this pandemic or from everything that you shut yourself off, that you live start living in a clean room because we need to be exposed to mild mild germs and all of that in order for us to develop inborn immunity, right? To certain diseases, you can't yeah, be like and give the microbes a chance to evolve, you know. <laughs> Okay, diseases are basically microbes, yeah, but we live with, you know, millions of microbes that are on our body at any given moment in time, right? We have like microbes in our mouth, in our stomach, in our uh, on our skin, everywhere. And these microbes, they propagate very well without any, really giving us any symptoms. Maybe there is a version uh, of the, our civilization where these microbes that cause diseases learn to kind of evolve in a way that they can peacefully, you know, live off of our bodies and propagate themselves in a way that doesn't really kill us. Yeah, yeah. And you see this life example, right? People who come from US, uh, they're, they're this paranoid. And I think rightfully so that they have to take so many vaccinations when they're visiting India because, you know, things can go bad. And it makes sense because uh, the condition, the lifestyle here is different. And that is what is important that people who, like I've seen there are some people who are very, very paranoid of even getting one dirt stick on them. Like, but if the dirt is not sticking onto you, like from the childhood and you've been living in a clean room for ages, so you will never be able to survive in the real world because real world is dirty. It's filled with microbes and uh, your body needs to develop a baseline immunity yeah. against them. That's, that is one. And on the second hand, you don't want you don't want to become paranoid enough that you take antibiotics for everything. Now, 
the reason why why i say this that nowadays we are hearing about super bacteria so just to give a bit more context on this one is that what happens is why do we take uh, antibiotics because let's say there are diseases which cause bacteria and we take antibiotics and there's a course uh, stressing on the word course there's a regimen that we need to follow and it helps deal with us but what ha- is happening in the developed nations especially yeah i think especially in the developed nations whenever even for a common cold these people will take our antibiotics antibiotics has become like replaced normal paracetamols normal uh, like you can't just even wait for two days and you know the disease will die out you have to take medicines and in developed nations they just pop in antibiotics like as a candy pill and because of that and it's a real threat i'm not even making this up these bacteria as we learn that they evolve and they evolve at a really fast rate now because they have been exposed to these antibiotics they now are evolved to supersede them they are countering our medicines and they are becoming called superbugs they are called superbugs they are called superbacteria and when they infect us these antibiotics will do nothing and that is why scientists are now in the race of developing super antibiotics so it is a constant struggle between the bacteria and us who will outsmart the other person but we are just normal human beings who are using an intellect just to uh, create these medicines but these are actual living beings they are fighting for the survival and when somebody fights for survival they will keep on evolving to beat us so stop taking antibiotics like uselessly obviously it's required where it is required and when you take it please complete the course please don't leave it midway because that's even harmful sorry i went on this weird rant again it's this is uh, along the same lines as the australians going to war with emus it's like stop trying to wage war on nature you have to find a way to uh, live in balance with it if you try to wage war on it it will counter uh, you know it will counter with twice the force and it will not you know it does not follow rules of war or like rules of engagement that us humans have to follow when nature uh, kind of strikes back it strikes back very uh, hard like i've said this before in a podcast as well like when nature corrects itself it corrects itself very harshly stop trying to uh, you know to, uh, to wage war or like uh, have these super antibiotics or whatever to uh, kind of uh, you know basically immunize super immunize yourself or uh, something like that it's just let your body do the thing let nature take its course i know that it uh, hu- like uh, for us humans with our big brains it feels like we can uh, you know dictate the uh, or we can dictate the course of the universe but really like if a microbe decides to uh, you know bite you in the ass it will uh, completely decimate decimate you as you know history is uh, evidence of that well with that prospering note <laughs> we end this episode because see it's been really interesting to know about history it's very interesting to know how these diseases evolve and it's important for us to realize the pros and cons and take access accordingly we are reading history we are, not, we are understanding history to learn from it not to dwell on the misfortunes of human beings or the incapabilities of human beings that's there uh, we try to make fun of it but again it's all, it's all in um, i think the motive to learn to learn from it and you know not repeat the same mistakes which pushkar has been abilities seeking from our history teachers episode so Mm-hmm. I think with that we come to this end of the chapter this episode I think I know this episode is I think being the longest amongst the ones that you're listening it's already crossed like an more than an hour or 15 minutes of recording so I don't know uh, how much uh, nice. we'll have to listen but uh, yeah it's been really amazing for us to read this chapter that's why like I started this chapter I think both uh, Pushkar and myself we started this chapter and we ended it today and we started recording as well so yeah if you like yeah. it uh, do reach out to us uh, follow us on social media support us on buymeacoffee.com/everydaytalkies uh, we're just getting started with the good stuff now this is going to be awesome yeah i'm excited <laughs> be safe take your vaccines till then Yeah, take your vaccines and don't fornicate with animals. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. Follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode. Till then, live long and prosper. <laughs>